Today's podcast may not be suitable for children. Please be advised. Oh, my sweet child, please believe me. I am the angel you must follow. May all your sins be gone from thy devils. Do not trust anyone but me. In today's podcast, we go deep, deep into the most dangerous cults in history. It's time to remove the filth. And once and for all, in this episode of The Filthy Truth Exposed, let's do it. So what's what's up, Bilbo? How you doing? I'm prepared to go deep into our topic today. Good. This is going to be a good one, man. So uh, I guess I'll start it off. Eyes. What's that? Yours. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. So I want to ask you, uh, I know you did a little research on this. Um, what's the difference between a cult and religion? What do you, what do you use? I'll give you my take and then you can give me your take. Oh, the difference between a cult and a religion. There is just the word cult and religion. Just, yeah, they're about the same. The difference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, probably the biggest difference would be like a cult will will they'll banish you and they separate you from your friends and family. A religion doesn't tend to separate you from your loved ones in the same way. I I, I think that's true. Yeah, I think you're right. There's some definite differences there. So I'm just read the quick definition what it says. Okay, so uh, religion is a set of beliefs, feelings, doctrine, and practices that defines the relationships relations between human beings and sacred or divinity. A cult is a small religious group that is not part of a larger or more anticipated religion, which is believed to have socially deviant practices and beliefs. Now, when I read that, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I mean, some cults may not be that deviant and some religions definitely are deviant. So, um, and then the, this one, I definitely agree with, which is the main difference between a cult religion is that a cult is smaller, less organized, and newer than a religion. I think that definition actually is probably the most accurate. Would you agree with that? Sure. That's how we think of them. Yeah, cults tend to be, we think of them as smaller, less less of a congregation than the religions have, you know, thousands or millions of people. Whereas a cult maybe just has a few hundred or a couple thousand, you know. So before we get into this about the most dangerous cults, you know, that are out there, you know, these these are ones that I found, but I'm sure there might be more dangerous ones that I found. So, um, but I want to just kind of read these two things that I, I, that I saw that I thought was like, wow, this is really interesting. So we, a lot of times we think of, you know, organized religion is sort of better in a sense than, than these cults. And when I talk about these cults, you're going to say, wow, they did some crazy stuff. But let's for a second just look at look at religion, and I'm going to go over just to, just for now, I'll just go over two religions, Christianity and Islam. Okay, so in Christianity, of course, they had the Crusades, where thousands of people were killed, way more than any cult could ever commit. There was the Inquisition, 
There were killing of witches, was basically it was just women who defied, you know, stupid laws, right? So this guy named Rudolf J. Rummel, he said that 14 million native North and South Americans were killed by Europeans, mostly by a European Roman Catholicism. The massacre of indigenous people in America was also really huge. And this, I don't think, could be just blamed by religion, but it was partly fueled by religion and economics. So that's, that's one thing. So if you look at the total damage just by Christianity alone, it, out, it outpaces any of the small you know, cults, no matter, matter which one we cover, right? And then we get to Islam. Uh, it says, for the first century of its existence, Islam had a history for violence. The killing only slowed down as the Islamic empire finally ran into boundaries in the 8th century. Um, For many years now, Islam has been the most violent religion in the world. Around 60 million Christians were slaughtered during the jihadic conquest. Half of the Hindu civilization was annihilated and 80 million Hindus killed. Jihad destroyed all of Buddhism along the Silk Route. About 10 million Buddhists died. In Africa, over 120 million Christians and animists, that's people who believe in you know, animal worship, um, have died over the last 1,400 years of jihad. And approximately 270 million non-believers died over the last 1,400 years for the glory of political Islam. These are the crimes of jihad, which are not taught in school. So that's just two religions that I talked about that have a horrible past. That's not including any of the other religions. Now, I'm not Believe me, I'm not trying to say, you know, people in those religions are bad people or there's not good things in those religions, but just as purely historically, they don't have a very good record. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting with that right off the bat, just just to give some, I don't know what you call it, some historical perspective before we talk about these other crazy guys. You know what I mean? There's a lot of destruction for sure. Yeah, a lot of destruction now. I hope that's fairly, I'm, I read those things and I think those are, things are fairly accurate. Um, someone might, might say, oh, well, that's not totally, you know, true or this and that, but I would say some of that has to be true, right? There's got to be, I would <laughs> some of, it has some to of that has to be true. Yeah. And it's probably worse than what I'm, what I'm saying, you know, when you add up all the religions and what they've done, you know, cause we didn't even talk about Judaism. We didn't talk about those guys or any other groups. So I'm just saying it's, it's pretty bad. So um, now, do you want me to start off um, with my first one that I picked, or or do you want to do yours first? Yeah, um, I do have I do have a, de- a definition of cults. Let's hear it. Uh, just just some some points that these are things that you can use to help you decide if you're in a cult or if you're thinking about a cult or yeah. if you want to define something as a cult. So they tend to have a, an unquestionable commitment to their leader. Yeah. Um, they don't allow things like doubt, doubting their, the religion or the cult, um, the belief system. They don't approve of questioning if you ask questions. Mm-hmm. And also dissent from, from their beliefs is discouraged. I agree with that. Heavily. Uh, they, have, they tend to have mind-altering practices like speaking in tongues. Can you give us an example of speaking in tongues? <laughs> Right, that's something very, like that's that. Exactly I'm not sure it. if that's that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I wasn't yeah. very good. I wasn't very convincing, but I think that's what <laughs> they tend to have an us versus them mentality. So they're they're 
they create a lot of division between the people in the cult and the people outside of the cult. Right. Um, there's a lot of shame and guilt. Um, and they, they tend to force people in their congregation to cut ties with uh, non-believers. Um, you've heard of suppressive, they call them suppressive people like in the Scientology cult. Um, mm -hmm. People who aren't in Scientology, they call them suppressive people. Um, they tend to be very preoccupied with bringing in new members, like they're very focused on getting new people into the, the cult. And they live and socialize only with members. So they stay sort of with, with themselves and communicating less and less with people outside of the cult. Yeah. And they use, they use fear to sort of control people. There's also submission, exclusivity, uh, the persecution complex, wow. control, isolation, love bombing, uh, which is where they, they, uh, they, they say things like, uh, they, they make you feel really, really good. They love bombing. Yeah. They make you feel really, really good. Yeah. Um, they tend, they tend to say that they have some sort of special knowledge that they can impart upon, upon you a very special, you know, unique knowledge. And sometimes it takes levels, um, before you can attain that special knowledge. Yeah. Um, they use indoctrination, things like, um, salvation. You know, if you, uh, if you follow us, if you, if you do the things you, we say, then, uh, you can be saved. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of groupthink and cognitive dissonance, which is where you hold uh, two thoughts or more, more than two thoughts um, that conflict. And somehow you, you make it in your, in your own mind, you're supposed to make those make sense, but they don't actually make sense. They can, they conflict. That's cognitive dissonance. Um, they, there's a lot of shunning. Um, they mess around with uh, gender roles and, they have uh, certain appearance standards, like things you need to wear or yeah. like, you know, certain dresses or covering your, covering your head, things like that. So if you see any of those things, you might be in a cult or you might be dealing with might somebody who's in a cult. Yeah, that's, that was, that was good, man. There's a lot of stuff in there. I, I agree with all that. So that was really good. Uh, let's see. I don't think I had anything to add, man. That was, that was perfect. Um, should I, should we start with the first, uh, dangerous call and, uh, yeah, the, we'll the, tell one them of about the most our... dangerous, I hope. What's that? One uh, of the most see. dangerous. I, on this one, I don't think it's the most dangerous, but definitely the most weird. Uh, I'm starting with the best one first, maybe I'm not sure, but, um, okay. So this one is called the Metamoros human sacrifice cult. So basically I'll just read this to you. So it, uh, it started in 1989. It was with four college students. Uh, they went to a party, you know, partying up. And, um, you know, the party was about to end. So they decide to go to this border town in Matamoros, uh, Mexico. Spring break came with a tragedy 30 years ago that's still fresh on the minds of some in the valley. You may remember Mark Kilroy. He was a 21-year-old University of Texas Austin student. Kilroy was abducted and murdered by a satanic drug smuggling cult in Matamoros. Channel 5's Cecilia Gutierrez spoke to two people tied to that tragedy. They explained how the events played out and how they still have an impact on their lives, spring break, and the valley today. There, the legal drinking age was 18. So anyway, so they went there and uh, one guy, for some reason, just kind of got lost or he went, he went somewhere he shouldn't have gone. And then everybody else uh, came back. 
the name of this this student, uh, his name was Mark Kilroy. Um, anyways, they um, so he never returned. So they contacted the U.S. consul in Metamoros. Uh, the police force, you know, they they went along, they searched along the Rio Grande to look for him. Um, they offered a you know a big reward. He was even on America's Most Wanted, you know, so it was a pretty big deal. Um, so basically, they set up a, a roadblock because they were suspicious of activities going on down there. Um, and one this one dude like just. He refused to stop like he just kept going so they went on this big chase they were chasing after this guy you know and they didn't even know it was related to this person that was he was just basically he was kidnapped or you know he was missing you know oh uh, so anyways so they went through this um this high-speed chase and it went down to a ranch in santa elena just south of minamoros and Anyways, the, the guy got out of the car and then they, they arrested him or whatever. And they were at this ranch. Okay. And so at this ranch, they found, okay, 400 pounds of marijuana, which, Hey, that's cool. You know, <laughs> no big deal there. No big, you know, um, but they also noticed a small shed. Okay. We're, we're getting to some like horror stuff, horror movie stuff. <laughs> when I get, when I talk about this um, and there was this foul, like nasty stench like was coming out of the shed right and um and then they found these candles and altars that were in the same area so later the police discovered that kilroy that the name of the guy was missing um was kidnapped for purposes of human sacrifice okay uh the details were quite gruesome kilroy's skull had been cut open and his brain removed his legs had been chopped off below his knees and his spine had been cut open and threaded with a wire. Okay. So the man behind this, this cult, his name was Andafio de Jesus Constanzo. He was a mastermind behind it all. Uh, he was raised with this Afro-Caribbean religion called Santeria. Um, um, but his form of it was more deadlier. He performed various rituals, including cleansing, fortune telling, you know, the typical shit, right? Healing, healing for pay. Um, some of his clients were extremely wealthy and powerful, including law enforcement officials and drug dealers. He convinced several high level drug pins that that he could cast spells to make um, to make them invisible to law enforcement. <laughs> so, pretty bizarre. Okay. And his clairvoyance could tell them which days, you know, to move products safely. In return, the drug dealers paid Constanzo, you know, a lot of money for this, for these services. What do you, what do you think of this, this cult so far? It's well, it sounds scary and gruesome. Pretty. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so eventually they, they, once they got on the, the ranch, um, they exhumed the remains of 14 more people. All of them had evidence of torture, decapitation, burning, castration, and at least one victim removal of his heart. When police searched the shack, they found evidence of human sacrifice and mutilation that occurred there. Bottles and jars filled with putrid mix of blood, hair, and other tissues. Yeah. A 55-gallon drum apparently used to boil victims' flesh off their bones. And of course, there's this thing called Naganaga. Naganaga? Naganaga? I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's N-G-A-N-G-A. -A. Uh, it's basically a big 
um, container is a stew of rotting flesh, both human and animal. And this, of course, included Kilroy's brain. Um, Costanzo had an accomplice, someone to help him in America. So, and this lady was, her name was Sarah Aldretti. She was an honor student at Texas Southmost College. She majored in physical education. Uh, she was known by other students as friendly and outgoing. Um, but this tall Mexican woman um, had been working with Costanzo for years, recruiting and, and bringing people across the border, kidnapping people across the border from the United States into Mexico. Uh, by the end of the investigation, uh, they would discover more bodies suspected of being killed by Costanzo, bringing the total number of known victims to 23. So with all that, we have a rating system, people. Here's how we rate this cult. We have uh, three factors. Weirdness factor. How weird are they? The power of influence. How many people have been involved in that cult? And the danger level for this one. Weirdness factor. Five. Five out of five, baby. Yeah. Super fucking weird, right? Definitely. Power of influence. Only a three. You know, they weren't a gigantic cult. They were pretty small, but the danger level, if you were in there, you were pretty much toast. <laughs> yeah. Five out of five, baby. Danger, <laughs> five out of five. Bam. I'm done with the Metamoros. Now it's time to hear your cult. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Heaven's Gate. Bring it, brother. Bring it. Yeah, this is the cult that became famous in uh, 97 when it was on the news <clears throat> at 39 members had committed suicide. They drank a concoction of applesauce and phenobarbital oh successively over a period of a few days. Um, they had a couple, some of the members killed themselves later so they could cover the, the ones that died as they died with, uh, they put a purple cloth over their face. And I think they had like Nike, they all had Nike tennis shoes or something like that. That was kind of the, <laughs> joke but it's yeah. interesting that they they ate applesauce and phenobarbital because the leader was marshall applewhite which i i just thought that was interesting is applewhite and and they use applesauce to kill themselves but the reason they 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 took the applesauce and phenobarbital mix was because they believed yeah, they were they're part of this religion was known as um ufology which is a ufo religion it's based on totally true by the way Totally true, everyone. <laughs> and you should definitely visit their website because the website still exists. And it's it's probably if we had a rating system for the websites, it's it's one of the best cult websites that I, that awesome. I've that I've seen. Uh, but they believed uh, they they followed the Hailbop comet. Oh yeah, I remember and that. They believed when it came by the the closest the closest approach of the comet to Earth was when they should commit suicide and then they could board a spacecraft from the next from they called it the next level so they could board the spacecraft after they committed suicide it would take them to this to the hellbop comet um anyways the uh, it was started by bonnie nettles and uh, who's in a relationship with marshall applewhite they were known as t and doe so ti and then and do where that's what they were known as, as the leaders Yeah. at the peak, they had over 200 members and 
39 of them died. A few of them died after that as well, after that main suicide in 97. That's basically it. That's Heaven's Gate. Uh, planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. Now, Darwin's theory at work. That's all I got to say right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the weirdness. The stupidest people get killed off. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I think with all these cults, that's well, some of it, some of with those guys, they, they was in self and see, I like that. Actually, to me, I, I don't mind that one because, you know, they're just doing what they, they think is right. You know, they, they're not hurting anybody in a sense. They're hurting themselves, yeah. which I'm a little bit more for, at least that they're, they're, they're not going out and like, in this other one, it was like they were kidnapping people and, you know, and doing some crazy stuff. So how do you rate this, this one? It was based on science too, in a sense, right? That's great, man. What? Yeah. How do you rate this guy? These guys? Well, we got the the weirdness factor for this one. It, it's pretty weird, I think, uh, because it's based on UFOs and Hale Bop comet. Yeah, I agree. Um, it kind of makes some sense because the comet comes close, and so that's when they kill themselves, and then yeah. they'll be transported to that comet. So the weirdness factor, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Yeah, okay, I, I I'll buy that. If you watch any of the Marshall Applewhite, no, I, videos, I agree with you, man. It's, it's pretty weird. How about the power the, of influence? The power of influence is pretty low on this one because they only had about two hundred members, and of course, over forty of them, forty of them died. So, yeah. so they didn't they didn't influence too many people. So it's a pretty low power yeah. power of influence. But the fact that they got people to commit suicide, I'm going to give it a two out of five on the power of influence scale. I agree. I agree. Now we're talking about the most dangerous cults here. This one, I don't consider that dangerous because there's not, there are, I think there are a few members still, but, and, and 40 of them did die. So that okay. is pretty dangerous. Let's, let's take a look at this though. Okay. So the ones that didn't off themselves, those are the unsuccessful ones. Okay. The ones right. that decided that they, they chickened out, they're not true believers as, as far as I'm concerned. All right. So, all right, man. Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a two out of five on the danger, danger level. Yeah. I kind of think it, it's a little higher than that because, well, yeah. well, I guess how many people out of the, the total died? Well, they died? only had about 200 members and. 39 died on, on those okay. few days in 1997, March of 97. Yeah. Boy, not, not much of a turnout on that one. It seems like you'd think <laughs> a higher number would have killed themselves. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think the two, you said two on the danger? Two line? out of five. Yeah. I think you're right. All right, let's do the next one. Um, this one is called the Nuwabian Movement. Okay, and it, I think it went by a, a bunch of different names, but... That's the that's the name I'm going to use for it for now. Um, it was it was a, it's a new religious movement. It was founded by a guy named Dwight York. He also goes by Melancholy York. Um, uh, the Nuwopians, you know, those are people that follow the Nuwopian movement. 
They considered him the master teacher. Uh, he started he started off as a black Muslim group in New York in 1967. Um, he changed his teachings and, and the name of his group many times. He incorporated ideas from Judaism, Christianity, and UFO religions. His followers built an ancient Egypt-themed compound called Tamaray. Okay, here's his common, here's the core beliefs of this group. He believed that white Americans are soulless and are the devils. Uh, afterbirth must be buried to keep Satan from cloning your kids. White Americans were created as a race of killers and are supposed to be slaves to African Americans. York is a self-professed extraterrestrial called Rizaquin. He brought a language from space called New Wapik. He gave them a new Bible called the Holy Tablets. So, anyways, pretty wacky stuff. Um, let's see. I'm, I think I'm going to skip this part. I could have gone go on to some of the stuff that he said, but it, we know already from the stuff he believes in, we know the dude's wacky, right? So... Um, <laughs> But here's here's the thing, right? Um, many of his followers were were given quotas to um, to make money for his group. Um, they had to either beg for money or sell literature. Those who do not meet met the quotas were beaten or otherwise disciplined by York's thugs. York controlled his followers' lives almost completely. He chose the spouses and mating them according to his whim. Men and women lived in separate buildings. When they wanted to have sex, they were forced to ask permission to use a de designated room. Sex of one's spouse was a privilege granted when one's duties had been performed satisfactory. Okay, interesting. You got anything to say about that? Nope, okay. York used the group. Boy, this is going to surprise you. As his personal harem, okay, he was effectively able to have sex with any woman in the cult. He allegedly impregnated many of these women, and it wasn't long before he started to pursue underage girls. York purchased an 80-acre property in the Catskill Mountains in New York in 1983. Um, he used it as a retreat, okay, and um, he spent $5 million to build a mansion on the land. Girls and women were brought to camp. Um, they had like a little trailer there, you know, where they could live. Um, one woman who grew up in the cult recall, recalls being sent as a six-year-old six to Camp Jazir, where York molested her. Another woman recounts being manipulated into having sex with York when she was 12 years old. Some of the cult's older women were reportedly helped to manipulate the children, showing them pornography and sometimes participating in the molestation. By 2000, the Nuwobian movement had 500 members. Um, followers had declined steeply after York was convicted of numerous counts of child molestation and financial violations. He was sentenced to 135 years in federal prison. Um, something interesting about this group that I find kind of fascinating is that they didn't start off as wacky as I read, you know, when they first start, they had this church and they were doing, you know, things to help the poor and, you know, and 
So this would be kind of the kind of thing where, you know, you could easily had met someone that was very charismatic and you'd say, oh, you want to come to church with me, you know, and then you'd be like, yeah, sure, you know. And the next thing you know, I mean, you get in there and one of the things too is um, he would, he did these things kind of slowly, slowly use control. Like for instance, with holidays, you know, he had it. So you were only supposed to spend holidays with your a Nairobian, um with your own group and not with your actual families. So there's that isolation yeah. and just, and then slowly, you know, you contributed stuff and he started taking over different people's lives. And before you know it, man, it was total chaos. So that's pretty much it, man. Guys are wacky as shit. So for the Nairobians, <laughs> weirdness factor, bam, five all day. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Power of influence. Definitely a five. I mean, this, this, wow. I think he influenced quite a few people. I don't I remember how many, how many it was, but 500 members, I consider a lot. So I would give them pretty high on that number in danger, maybe like a four or three. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously some people didn't get, you know, but it was definitely bad. I don't know how you rank that one. Is it? So what do you think? Four out of five for the danger. Yeah. Yeah, maybe four out of five. Definitely not as crazy as the other one, the Metamoros, but, you know, definitely pretty bad, though. And all those things that you mentioned in the beginning about the different ways that you manipulate someone into a cult, this guy did it. I mean, it's there's no doubt. Yeah. So, the charismatic leader slowly plus. convinces you and manipulates you, yeah. Yeah. And then isolates you. Definitely. And I think anybody can be led down the wrong path even if it's not religion it could be different ideas you know when you start following certain people and you don't think about what you're thinking about you know what the person is giving you you never know what you're going where you're what path you're going to end up on you know what i mean so i can't wait to hear your next the next one you want to cover let's do one more and then uh we'll see on our time here next is nexium yeah N, you spell it N-X-I-V-M. The, the leader, the main leader was Keith Rainier. And he eventually, Allison Mack, who's the, she was an actress in some, some TV show. Okay. <laughs> she, she, uh, she was also known as one of the leaders. The, the weird thing about this cult, it was, a, it was basically a sexual slavery, <coughs> sex trafficking cult, oh, as yeah. so many of them are. Yeah. But the weird thing about this one is they, the women, it was a lot of women, mostly women, they were branded, literally branded with, they would take up a, a hot poker and they would have a branding session. And it was, apparently it was super painful um, and, and we'll show a picture of the brand. And if you look closely at the brand, yeah, uh, it, nobody really knew this at the time, but it's actually Keith Rainier's initials K R that make up the brand. And if you look even closer, you'll see Allison Max initials a and M in the brand as well. Oh, wow. And this was the, this was the brand that branded the women as part of a secret society called DOS spelled D O S. I don't know oh. what that means, but that was their secret society. So supposedly there's still about 50 members that exist in this cult. 
And I think for can I, can I cut you off for one second? Sorry to interrupt you, but this group is very discriminatory. Only the women got the branding. Okay, I don't think that's right. I think it should have been it should have been equal opportunity. Men should have gotten the branding as well. Don't you think it's a little unfair? Well, I think I think there wasn't there weren't any men in it. There might have there oh, might have okay. been some men. I'm not actually I'm not positive, but um, you know, yeah. this is the filthy truth exposed. I think it was yeah. most mostly women. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> that's how I mean that's how they tried to recruit people too, is by using, you know, their sex trafficking and they, that's how they made money for the cult too. The weirdest factor though, I you know, it's just a another sex cult basically. Yeah. But the branding thing, I thought it was it's pretty extreme and it's pretty creepy. Um did but also really did, did they do any damages, any kidnapping or any any like like, did they pay their taxes? Did they, you know, is there anything yeah. as nefarious going on with these guys? I'm not sure about that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's how would you rate them? Well, the weirdness factor, I'm going to go pretty high on this just based on the branding. Yeah. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of seems kind of unique. Um, so I'm going to give them a three out of five for the weirdness. Factor. Yeah, I, I agree. If you look at the brand, it's, it's just really interesting to see the, those initials in there. Yeah. Um, and, and the power of influence was, I'm going to give it a three out of five as well. Okay. Sounds because good. this guy was able to convince these women to get branded with his initials on them. That's, wow. I feel like that's pretty influential. The danger level is basically a three out of five as well. Because yeah. these women, they, they were for, forced or convinced to use their bodies. Yeah. Sounds painful. They called him Vanguard, the founder of Nexium, a shadowy self-help organization described by federal prosecutors as cult-like. Keith Ranieri has not spoken publicly since his arrest more than two years ago. But now, just days from being sentenced on federal charges, he is talking. You know, one of the things that's most important in our country is the justice system. And although, you know, people can hate me and do... I think I'm an odious type of a character, you know, awful, actually. Um, the, both the devil and the saint should be able to get the exact same treatment under our justice system. Good. Today, Ranieri spoke with, of all people, the man who helped bring him down, web journalist Frank Parlato, a former Nexium okay. spokesman. Parlato himself has pleaded not guilty to tax and other charges that originated from his Nexium involvement. You plan out 14 steps ahead. If you have seen the HBO docuseries The Vow, Parlato's name may ring a bell. Parlato broke the story that a group within Nexium was treating women as sex slaves and branding them with Ranieri's initials. Ranieri was convicted in 2019 of sex trafficking, forced labor conspiracy, and racketeering. Do you intend to... Um... Make a statement at, at your sentencing that you are innocent. Yes, I am innocent. And although it is, this is a horrible tragedy with many, many people being hurt. I think the main thrust of this has been the oppression, but really a, a different issue, which is hard for me to express. There is a horrible injustice here. And whether you think I'm the devil or not, the justice process has to be examined. But victims and their families don't want to hear from Keith Ranieri. They say he tried to destroy women's lives. Really, these young women without 
being aware we're on this runaway roller coaster to hell. And they were completely unaware. And that's where Keith Raniere was taking them, like, to hell. So, sounds good, man. Okay, well, um, you know, it's, I think we should do a, a part two on this. How do you feel? You want to do want to cover one more or what do you, how are you feeling? Oh, sure. Sure. I, I think um, I, I, the last thing I want to say about uh, these Colts. Yes. Is I think the most important thing to remember mm -hmm. is to live free and don't join. Yeah, exactly. I got that from the last, the last Jedi, Star Wars, the last Jedi. I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say about these cults too is that, yeah, there's some, there's definitely some wacky ones, but you know, I liked, I really liked reading the history of the religions first, because when we put that in perspective, we realize that um, basically these religions, they just, they just did all that wacky shit, but they became successful at it. Yeah, these they were yeah. able to pull it off. You know what I mean? The so cults they, they we're succeeded. talking about here are like the unsuccessful religions. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they tried some stuff, and you know, yeah, there's some that are a little more wacky, you know, than others, um, and they weren't as inclusive. But remember, there's also cults that are—they're not exactly a cult. I mean, you know, there's like they have a little bit different set of beliefs. Some of it's different forms of Christianity. And they're kind of looked down upon, but really they're just smaller groups believing kind of the similar, similar things, you know? So, I don't know, something I always thought is like, if, let's say if supposedly Jesus had been recreated, you know, re came into somebody, some guy in New York, you know what I mean? He's homeless dude and he's running around and it was actual Jesus. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm Jesus Christ. Everyone should believe in me. The guy would be laughed at, you know what I mean? He would, no one would ever listen to this dude, you know? So the reality is all these religions that already exist is pretty much set in stone. It's really hard to create a new religion. So any of you out there thinking, hey, I want to just go out there and start a cult, man, good luck to you because it's freaking hard, you know what I mean? So that's all I got to say about that, man. But hey, this is the filthy truth, man. The whole thing is, you know, we're going to get dirty with it. We're going to get filthy with it. I mean, you know, we want to expose all the crap that's going on and, and eventually get into our, how the way we think ourselves and like, hey, you know, what bullshit do we think about? What, you know, so we want to rip away all that filth so we can get to the truth. You know what I mean? That's all I got to say, man. So like and subscribe. We're going to be on all those, you know, different places or whatever. So any last words? I can't wait for part two. I can't wait either, man. It's going to be fun. All right. Goodbye for now. <laughs>